say praise the Lord? He's fantastic. The Lord is great tonight. We could all take a vote. Does anybody have a complaint against the Lord? It should be unanimous. And if you do have a complaint, there's an altar right here. Hallelujah. There's no complaints against the Lord. It's an overwhelming majority. Amen. Well, the Lord planned this weekend, so we'll just turn to the scripture, and I think we'll put up our slide here. And I made sure, Sister Leanne, I, I spelled it correctly. Amen. The name of your church, In Time Message Tabernacle. I, I knew Sister Leanne was very specific about this. Uh, you can't see the name of our church. Maybe on the right-hand side, it's In Time Message Tabernacle. And so we've been really nice to your trustees and treasurer and your deacon so that there's not any trademark uh, lawsuit coming <laughs> down. So when we felt to uh, start our little work there and um, we um, didn't realize that it was the same name, similar name as yours. So just remember there's a little space in between in time and uh, that, that should save everyone. It should make everybody happy, you know. It's hard to make everybody happy anymore. Is that right? You have families and things, but, you know, uh, we've learned over the years, just serve the Lord, and, and then uh, we'll all be there together, and then we'll have a few million years to iron out all the other stuff, and then, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter when you made it. Is that true? When you made it, it's like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's like, Really? And Brother Kevin knows how to give me a complex. Usually he sits over here, doesn't he? Is that right, Brother Kevin? And, and they, they're way back there. You know how to give someone a complex, brother. And, and Brother Fox, it's nice. But tonight, you don't have to worry about him kicking you with that side. of his. So tonight's a good night to talk to him, you know. And, and we, we better turn to the Scripture. Amen. And, amen. Thank you, brother. Just say that amen just as loud when we get into the word. Amen. Isaiah 66. And the Lord planned this weekend, I believe. We came to be a support in the area in Edmonton. I was in prayer this morning and prayed that this today there would be the presence of God over this city. And uh, I believe he's answered that request. And uh, over your church, and uh, Brother Zigclar, Sister Anita, invited us to come and minister for them, and Brother Ed, and the schedule just worked out that it was tonight, and so the Lord knew this, and the youth meeting we had on Friday night, it's always better, we always have better services when we have youth meetings on Friday, Saturday, so... The Lord must apply in that. Our dear Heavenly Father, we just feel a little bit special tonight and different because we're around our family. And it's a different evening, Lord. We hadn't expected to have the announcements and the different things said and done before the preaching of the Word, but now we can all have a sigh of relief. And we can just breathe, Lord. And I, I can say as a brother that's been in the church for years that if you would allow Brother Harold Hildebrandt to look over the banister, I believe he'd be really happy tonight. I believe there'd be a smile on his face and, and a job well done in his heart, knowing that there's a new generation that's rising up. Amen. 
I believe that with all my heart, Lord, that you have now moved from the prophet into these ministries that have gone uh, for many years, been faithful pioneers, and you're moving now into another generation where this transition and these baton being passed can be well done. And I pray a blessing on the church tonight that as you have ordained this season and this time, and for us even being here tonight, I believe was pre-planned by God, that you would guide our words and may it be edifying and uplifting, believing that this is the mind for this season and this hour, Lord, that you would strengthen every person from the front to the back and those that would be streaming or ever stream this service. Let them sense the unity here in Edmonton, that there's a little group of people that's marching onward. I pray a blessing on that, Lord, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, God bless you. Isaiah 66 Verse 1 and 2. Let's just read it out loud together. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. How many would like to be like that tonight? I would like the Lord to turn his face towards you and for me. And when Jesus had his time of adoption on Mount Transfiguration, when Peter, James, and John And they were left standing there, and then Moses and Elijah were there for a season, and then they disappeared. The Bible says they saw no man only, save Jesus. And that's what I want to see tonight. But I'm taking this thought of a new season, and where is the house that ye build unto me? Where is the place of my rest? If you could um, just stand for a few more moments, Acts chapter 7, as we just took in Isaiah... Um, the last book of Isaiah. Isaiah has 66 chapters in it, speaking of the 66 books of the Bible, but also the end of the book. I believe we're at the end. All of these things matter tonight. All of the little things over the years, it's just coming together just right. The things that you've thought about from a little girl and a little boy, as you get a little bit older, it begins to make sense. It begins to come together. How many know I'm actually quoting out of things that are to be? It's all been pre-planned by God. And the things that you don't understand or the things that you used to struggle with as you get older and mature, God just puts it together better. The service tonight is going to be like the Lord just maybe putting it together in your heart just a little bit. Amen. Acts chapter 7, verse 44. This is the New Testament. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God. I hope that your name is right there. 
who found favor before God. Is that, would you like that? He found favor before God. David is speaking about and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. How be it? The Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven, now he's quoting Isaiah 66. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things. Now, in time message tabernacle, this is where we're at tonight. We've come to another season. We've come to another time. It's God that has done all these things. It hasn't been our hands. It hasn't been men that's gone before us or women. But what house are we building tonight? God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. I want you to listen very, very closely. I'm standing here as Brother Branham stood in uh, birth pains and the Catholic priest had given him his Bible and then Brother Branham handed it back to him. But it was only until the afternoon that Brother Branham actually had uh, himself realize that this day the scripture is being fulfilled. But the bride now is being able to catch it as it's happening. I, I said the bride is catching it while it's happening. A prophet is standing there not realizing that Scripture is being fulfilled. The bride is on the earth recognizing Scripture is being fulfilled. And we don't have another month or another year looking through a rear view experience saying, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, that's what that was for. We've got to wake up tonight and realize this day, what God had in his mind for this hour It's just being played out. The vision is being fulfilled. As Brother Biscoe was fulfilling the vision in the green checkered shirt, it wasn't until later that they realized that this is the, uh, this is being what's happening. Hello, bride of Christ. We're, We're not little babies. We're not back in the 60s or we're not in the 80s. 2023 has dawned. And now the sun is setting on on this day in November that I believe we have entered into a new season. Tonight I want to speak to you and welcome you to your new season. Your new season as a church. Your new season as an individual. The bride's ministry. And I do have a lot to say, but I'll cut it into a Sunday night service and just maybe hit some highlights. The bride's new ministry, that we have come into a new season and into a new ministry. We're, we've come into the bride age adoption. We've come into the season not of, of just being saved, not just being baptized, and not just being filled with the Holy Ghost. But adoption is depending on your behavior. You were born a son. You were born a daughter of God. But God has watched your behavior. God has watched your maturity over the years. Amen. And you are ready for this time. 
You need to stop with all the negative, I'm not worthy, and I'm little, and I'm, you're not in kindergarten no more. This is now the Holy Ghost saying, you are ready for this. And you're, you're trembling. You're like all of us. You're like we read in, in Isaiah. Uh, oh, Lord Jesus, I, I, I'm a person that would be standing here like feeling like poor and contrite in my spirit. But I'm trembling at the season that we're in. I'm trembling at the time that we're, we all feel unworthy. But you've got to believe his words toward you that he has made you worthy. The bride is worthy. Our young people are worthy. Our children are worthy. Stop keeping them in kindergarten. Stop keeping them at the kitty end of the pool. It's time for you and I to step out under the power of the spoken word. I'm, I'm standing in a room tonight full of Hattie Wrights. I knew the Wright family. I was in their home. I visited and know how poor that it was. That's years ago. That's back in Jeffersonville. I'm standing in Edmonton tonight. I'm looking into the faces of the vision that's unraveling. We're not little children. We're not starting Sunday school. You've risen now. You've come out of the ashes and out of the shadows. We're not fighting now churches against churches. It's not who has the greatest revelation. Stop it. That's back in grade school somewhere. That's in the kiddie pool where you're just blowing bubbles and think you're a big person because you got the big floaties on, you know, and, and, and you stand up. And some of us just go out there and the, you know, the one foot and the two foot, you know, and we get knocked down and we fall down and oh, we're, oh, like we're drowning or something. It's like, stand up. Stop crying and wimping. and We don't have diapers anymore. This is a bride that's made herself ready. Behold, the Lamb's wife. And you're not a teenager anymore. Maybe by the end of the service, some of you will realize that God's fulfilling Scripture. I'm preaching an announcement tonight. End time message tabernacle. We've come into another season. Moses, my servant, is dead. There was a time for a prophetic office to be living and alive. But then there was a time for that to end. There was a time for a Joshua administration, which was a a type of the Holy Spirit that placed men and women, even down through the 70s, 80s, into the year 2000s and things. We see even the book of Judges being fulfilled that as long as Joshua and Caleb and those that were alive and knew Brother Branham when they were alive and they were song leaders and they were, we could have them come speak testimonies at our conventions and at our camps. And my, we just thought that was wonderful. But as they one by one have taken their places to rest, we have to realize that the, the ministry under Joshua was to place individuals in their God-given land. And we're not all supposed to be in the same territory. There were 12 tribes. There were different groups. There were different ways of being in the same land. There's room enough for all of us. There's room enough for us to be different. 
There's not going to be different places in heaven and in the future home where you believe this and you believe that and you thought that and all these things that we have gone through over the years and the mighty revelations and the different camps and the doctrines that have divided people. I said we've entered into another season. We've entered into now from Moses to Joshua to now the bride's position of maturity. And I want to encourage you tonight. I'm going to be speaking things a little bit strong and forcefully. I do take my liberty here. But I do know I'm going back home tomorrow too. Don't stay stuck in a previous age. We need to turn the corner. Let's, let the Holy Spirit anoint you tonight and inspire you. Just use every moment for him to come and fill you for this hour. For this time. No matter what happened before in your life as a, as a little uh, adolescent in the message or as a teenager in the message and you went through your teenage rebellion but you realized as you came to the time of the month or you came to a season of responsibility that you couldn't be just in your adolescent no more. You're not just a teenager no more but you, you, you are fertile for thus saith the Lord. As I spoke about Hattie Wright, she said the right word and said that's nothing but the truth to a prophet's testimony. But Brother Branham has gone off the scene now. There's still Hattie Wrights that have burdens for their families and have burden for their sons. Come on in time message tapping. It's not just on the tapes. It's not just a quote on the screen. There's got to be some other brothers that step out and begin to take authority and possess your land. And your young people will come in line as they see a word being manifested by the older ones. That they want what you've got. It's not a time to cower down. And, and, and it is the scripture that we read and I still, the brothers, have it on the screen. God bless you, Brother Mark. Amen. Here we are. They had a tabernacle in the wilderness. Can you see that? How many would like another book of Acts? Okay, we're reaching back in the book of Acts, going back to the book of Isaiah. And we're talking, though, about the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. We're talking about another tabernacle. And then Solomon built him a house. And he's beginning to speak about the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet Isaiah. That's who he's quoting. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me, saith the Lord? Can I be so personal to you tonight to ask this? Can I, Brother Ed? What house are you building for the Lord? When you leave the services, what's in your house? This house. This mind. As our young people heard Friday night, you are a temple of God, a temple of the Holy Ghost. This body is for the Lord. And this spirit is the Lord. So it causes a maturity that I'm responsible for what comes into my mind gate and my scrolling and my swiping and my hitting and my, and my screen time matters. 
It doesn't seem to matter to a lot of people. It only seems to be increasing. Screen time. We need some more face time with Jesus. I do. I mean, let's start right. You know, you had a vote this morning. We might as well start from the pulpit to the janitor to the nursery to all of us. There has to come a time that you look at where you're at. You look at where you've been. You look at where you're at and where you're going. And let's not be hypocrites. And let's not be elevating the temple that's made with hands or just the building. You are the building. How is the stature of the perfect man? Can I be at home tonight? How are you doing in your maturity, in your your adoption, in your behavior? People don't really care. I think I've said that before. They really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Until they see Jesus in your life. We don't need more PowerPoints and more quotes and just... We do, there is a time for that. But we need the word to come off the screen and into my heart. There's a bride that says, I need it in my life, Lord. Anoint me tonight. Fill me tonight, Lord. Open my eyes. That I would see the angels that line these walls. And I wonder if God would open our eyes tonight to see angels that line these walls. And all heaven rejoices. Strangers that walk into your church should feel that you're a different people. Since we started our little church there and, and, and just been there for a few months now, and we've had people just Google in time church, and, and then they start emailing questions, and then they want to come and visit, then they come, then they're baptized. You know, it's not just people that live in the area that have known the message. It's new people. That's Sister Serena Adams. Amen. God bless you. She wants to bring greetings tonight, Sister Serena Adams. Y'all remember her and Brother Dole? Thank you for giving her love and mercy. She came here. I don't think she was even baptized, but she brought her family, I think Mother's Day or sometime, and she came and visited the church. And there was an end-time message tabernacle in Washington. And there's an end-time message tabernacle in Edmonton. She's given her heart to the Lord. She's been baptized. Just right out of the world. Just Googling, searching. There's another lady. Her name is Sally. And she, and she also Googled the same words, Brother Danny. End-time church. And our, and our church came up. She began to see the services. She walked in one day, and there was another Sally that has come to this church. And, and you know her, but she happened to be late that day and walking in, and here's another Sally. And they meet on the sidewalk. Sally walks in, and she's got ear bobs and hair all cut off and dressed a certain way. But I think she's come eight, nine times. I saw her yesterday at our, at our homeless outreach there in, in Bellingham, out, right on the front lines. God's doing a short, quick work. And God will leave some of you that are into fussing about this and that. You've been in the message for 30 years, and there'll be someone come in right off the street. And if you're not careful, they'll be like a rocket, pass you right up, and they're looking in there, and there you are, still fussing and fighting. And Well, what is the majority? And was it this? Was it 51? Was it 80%? Did you count my vote? 
If you're not careful, you'll have somebody that come in here that, that, you know, hasn't been here three months, so they couldn't vote, but they're looking for reality. They're looking for a church that has some spirit and life. You're planning for the future. It'd be good some of you to turn the page. Every good book has new chapters. Stop living in one that was five years ago. I'm, I'm talking to some of you solid believers. We need to take that as a firm rebuke. I think only Brother John can get away with this, you know. But, you know, some, we need a firm rebuke. It's like, are you serious? The question tonight is not what God has done. I believe we all agree he's been great. The question is not what the prophet did. He'd done his work already. And it was good. It's like in the book of Genesis. It is good. The question is not, and God forbid we be so carnal to judge other men and women that's gone before us and ran with the torch of the message and we're not resting, letting them rest their soul in peace. We're not even doing what they do in Halloween. R.I.P. and they put it all in their, in their front yards with a bunch of gravestones. A bunch of nonsense. And some people in the message aren't even doing that. With some of our past leaders that have done their part. Don't get quiet on me. We have no right to dig up their grave and show where they were wrong or where they missed it or how we can do better. You're no better. They were pioneers. They rolled up their sleeve and they got dirty and dusty and sweaty. The new generation sometimes has areas we can grow in. I said it's a new season. It doesn't mean the old season was bad or wrong. It means it's a new season. They, they ran their course. I hope you're listening tonight. Stop digging up all their faults and failures. They were different. They approached the word different. They sang different songs than maybe they'd come into our churches and hear different songs. There were certain instruments that weren't in the Branham Tabernacle that you all have here tonight. Does that mean that you, you're way off somewhere because Brother Branham didn't have a guitar or, or a box drum? Oh my, I'm getting comfortable now. And a just because Brother Branham didn't have a trumpet? Are you all worldly? I know what I'm saying right here. Stop looking back and judging today. People don't really care about all the, They need Christ in their midst. And there will be more noise in heaven than what's down here on earth. So the question is not what God has done, what the prophet done. And, and I've made that, I think, clear that we're not here to judge others that have gone before us. That's not appropriate. The question is, what are you doing? What am I doing? What are we doing? What are we doing with this message? What image are we becoming? What have we formed with the revelation of Christ that's been revealed to us? 
Because we are commanded and exhorted and encouraged to be mindful. This is Paul. Be careful how you build. Be careful how you build. When we talk about a season of time, it's speaking about a period or a certain term, a certain spell or a time of the year or a specific time of life. And changes that go on within the time that we're here on earth. We only have one life. Twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. I want to focus in on your ministry and your life. We could all look all through the scripture. From Genesis it talked about signs and seasons and days and years. He appointed in, in Psalms the moon for seasons. In Daniel, it speaks about he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He, he allows certain pastors to go off the scene. Then it really shows where the congregation is at spiritually, how they go through the time of transition. And you've had just over a year. You've done well. If Brother Ed Hammermeister would have spoken what he did last Sunday a year ago, some of you good people would have fallen out on him. There had to be a season. There had to be a time. There's trust. God moved Brother Andrew Dodd and his family here seven, eight years ago. That's a good thing. This church is better off than you were seven or eight years ago. I'm just acknowledging the gifts that God puts in the body. And you need to acknowledge that that is good. Our deacons, our trustees, our Sunday school teachers. It's not trash. We don't focus on the wrapping and throw away the gift. Is Sister French here tonight? Sister French? Sister French That's a son, was a Sunday school teacher. She was a Sunday school teacher. Sister French? No. There she is. Is it Sister Ma'am? Stand up, Sister. God bless. Has she been a Sunday school teacher for years? You can retire? But I wonder who in this church, thank you, Sister, has ever been in her class or a student. Would you stand to your feet? Any young man or young lady or brother or sister that... Just come on. Come on. There's more than that in here that's been in her class. All right? A lot of them are married and moved away. You mean they've entered another season? Didn't we raise them to do that? You don't know? Don't we raise one another to, let's go. Do we raise one another to find your purpose in your life and go do it? I'm speaking to you now then. Why is it so difficult in times of transition? It's the older ones that are trying to hold on to things. And sometimes the elders can be guilty of quenching what God's wanting to do because it's not done their way. You know, it's my way or the highway. So get off my highway. You're not doing it my way. That was old. That's old fighter talk. That's old fighters that die in the wilderness. 
You're not going to get anywhere today. Preaching like that, having your home like that, fathers, mothers, is just, that is not the way the Holy Spirit operates. We've entered into another season. It's amazing that it is not for you to know and, and Acts, the times or the seasons. And then in 1 Thessalonians, he says, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. I know you've seen this before, maybe, but I wanted to bring this image before you, this picture of a tree, because there are seasons. I'm speaking on a new season. There's seasons to all of our lives. As you can see, the summer season. And I came here to Edmonton in the fall time. But it's been pretty mild here, hasn't it? I'm, I'm, it's always like that here, yeah. That's what they say. And the fall time, the leaves fall off the trees, and you come into winter where the snow comes down. And there will be another spring. But don't get caught in a season. Not just for three months, but then the stretch, you're stretching out six months, a year, two years. Is that all you think about? Three years? It's amazing what people can remember about what happened 17 years ago in six months, and they just got it right down to the look, to everything. And yet God's trying to do a new thing or do something in your life. And the blood of Jesus washes you and cleanses you. And you've been justified like you never did it in the first place. And oh, we all want that for ourselves. But when it comes to someone else, we can't even get to I forgive you, let alone I justify you. But we're supposed to be getting more like Jesus. Oh, you say no man or no woman can, can say, I justify you. We just forgive one another, and I can forgive you, but I'm always going to remember. Well, I think the more that we near the capstone, we're supposed to be more like him. That's right. Amen. I've had to be that way as a minister. People walk into your office or speak to you, and you realize after about 30 minutes of whatever was said and done, they walk out. That never happened. But it did happen. No, it didn't happen. You just got to let that go. You, you say, how can you do that? Because I've been with my father enough to know that's how he treats me. God's love for you has been beyond what you deserve. Can the church say Amen. You're not worthy of his love. You're not worthy of his patience. Come on, friends. You're not worthy of a church like this. You're not worthy to have a pastor. You're not worthy to have deacons and trustees and musicians. But God has made you worthy and made it possible. And we ought to shout, thank you, Lord Jesus. Because I know of message, churches in the message, hundreds of believers like you, that their pastor has died even this year, and they're without a pastor. Our brother Gideon Retief passed away, our dear friend, in February. And we're in November, and they still don't have a pastor. And there's more in that church than is in this church. Our hearts ought to be looking at things a little bit differently. If we're looking at it negative or we're getting a negative response in our season, we need to ask the Lord, am I really looking through your eyes? 
And I, I, I want to affect all of your prayer life tonight. Lord, help me to look at this situation the way you're looking at it. Am I even thinking right? Have I lost my mind? Maybe I need to lose my mind. But you begin to think about your life and that your, your life is a living reflection. And maybe you're caught in a winter season and you need to move out, out of that. And God's helping you tonight to announce to you, you can come out of that. You can find it. You can discover God's will for your life. I'm speaking very boldly tonight, but we have raised young people in the message to come to their adoption and come to their maturity. And when they do, and it's different than what we think, we tend to deny them, cut them off. Say, that's not the Holy Spirit. When it's the older generation, that's what you raise them to do. You raise them to be what God's called them to do. And just because you question that or it's different than you, you just exit out. And you give them the cold shoulder and you, oh, well, we're just going to have our group. And you, you've started a clique. You've done exactly what a prophet said. Don't do that. God help us tonight. I'm not, I, I hope you're taking this okay. Get alone with God and have him reveal to you your season. Stop living all blurry and foggy and shooting in the fog of war. You're, you're, you're killing other good people around you. God gave you a wife or a husband or children or a church or a family. You ought to be thankful. I mentioned uh, Esther and Mordecai. I'm just going to give it about two minutes tonight. But your new ministry has come, Esther. And Mordecai is a type of the older generation. Esther is a type of the younger and the new generation. And Mordecai impressed on Esther the need for action. In Esther chapter 4, we see this transition, and I don't have time to go into it, but it was Esther going from a time of ignorance, thinking she's okay, to understanding, then to a decision. She didn't know and realize that she was going to die too, and the Jews. Mordecai was pro probing her and as the older ones, not, not just telling her always this, but are you aware that you've been raised for such a time as this? Mordecai wasn't saying, I can do it better, I can say it better. She was in that position. But it was his role to encourage her. And we see God moving Esther by the word in stages of change. From ignorance to understanding to decision. Queen Esther had to be the one that made the final decision. And the bride of Christ must make the decision. If I perish, I perish. In other words, she accepted the risk. She took responsibility. Not all the older ones saying, this is what you, how you say it. This is how you march. This is what you do. This is what you sing. No, it's them being there, being present, showing a godly character. That when our young people, Esther, Esther was young. 
Mordecai did not demand it of her. And I need to close on that subject. But it came out of Esther's mouth. If I perish, I perish. God raised up a mighty generation of young people. They begin to speak. They begin to act. Where it's not always rebuking and correcting in our prayer life. God help us tonight to always be, oh, I was wrong. Oh, I was in pornography. Oh, I was caught in a trap. Oh, I was, oh, I'm so horrible. God raise up a generation that in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of ourselves, we're moving in another direction. It's thus saith the Lord, or keep still. We don't have time for your opinion or my opinion. We're not being led by, by just men's charisma and strong, dominating leaders in the message that can woo the crowds and, and bring the conventions to a rising crescendo. We've entered into another season. It's going to take a body. It's going to take a team effort. That's thus saith the Lord. And, and if you think we're waiting for our next rising star in the message, that's why they're passing away and dying and they're losing their strong flame. Is because now is your time. This is your hour. And we need one another. The season and time of strong dominating global ministries is over. One man ministries and pastors that were so powerful and strong where their gifts literally caused people to move from there and here and there and it polarized people to move to to a location. It's over. I said it's over. God's using men and women and small little that can push together. Onward Christian soldiers. Soldiers. We're not waiting for the next Moses to have the anointed, you know, this and, you know, put your hand in and give us a sign and pull it out. The bride ought to be beyond that. You are beyond that. In fact, the real bride's looking beyond all of that to the word. What is the word saying? So I'm going to speak personally to you tonight. Your new ministry is personal. Whether you're male or female, brother or sister. And new, when I speak about a new season, it's not necessarily doing away with the old. But it's a furtherance. It's a higher order. It's a greater level. It's a ministry where every believer has a special, unique expression. And I'm looking down because I'm looking at my notes. The Lord laid this on my heart to say. There's no such thing as a giftless believer. Giftless believer. We're all, we all contribute. There's a body movement that is happening globally tonight. And no one is complete without others. No one. Not an individual. Not a certain church. Oh, you got to stream our church. you got to be part of our meetings. Unless so-and-so is preaching your meetings, unless they lay hands on you at a certain night, at a certain prayer line, you are raising up another cult in the message. That if Brother Branham was alive, he would preach just as strong against that as he did Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, because it was a season. They were preaching out of due season. It's time for the bride to wake up in our season. Wake up in our season. 
even this morning or yesterday morning, Saturday morning, someone might have thought that your life is over. Your testimony is done. Your expression is done. Brother John, if you only knew. It might be right around that season of your life when you feel that way that God is calling for more. I'm talking to individuals. Right at the time when you feel like it's all over, God is saying, there's more in there. What if it isn't over? What if it isn't done? What if he is not finished with you? What if there's new pages in your book, in your story, that have not been written yet? I'm speaking to Esthers that are in the pews tonight. Arise up! Say, well, what do I do in the meantime? Just keep doing what you're doing. That ought to give some rest to someone here that's struggling and thinking, I got to be spiritual, make something. You don't need to make anything happen. You just keep doing what you're doing until God says to do something different. Hello? Did that help somebody? Let me ask some questions tonight. Are we doing okay? Let's just read this quote of Brother Branham in Phoenix. I was thinking of death and if we're on leaves, a leaf hangs on a tree to serve a purpose. And you and I are hanging on a tree of life after we've accepted, after we accept Christ. And after a while, when the season changes, the life goes out of that leaf down into the root and comes back again next year bringing a new leaf. And some don't like the new leaf. They don't like the new season. In fact, they've taken photos and we got videos and we got YouTube videos and websites that have archives. That I want that season. I want to have that meeting. I want to have that person. I could go a little bit deeper here, but now because of the internet, you could have streamed eight different services today. Well, I'm not being fed, and uh, this brother just says it a certain way, but I'm not going to move, and I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to sit where I'm at and, and just complain, and oh, they're not saying it like brother so-and-so. They just kind of say it a little different over there. And I like that flavor. So pretty soon you become dissatisfied. And then you start to kick in the cat and kick in the dog. Then it turns into your young people and your husband and your wife. Tonight, God's challenging you on that and saying, this is not the season for that. Oh, but I get so much more. Oh, tomorrow, I'm going to feast off of three, four other churches and their ministries. I really receive. What is that doing for you? If we're not careful, we become a perversion of what it had years ago when women watched soap operas on Mondays and Tuesdays. And people watch football games and hockey games and they just lot, you know, just shut me out for two hours. I'm going to watch a hockey game. Don't bother him. Don't bother her. She's doing, she's watching her favorite soap opera. And now you can record it and watch it any time of the day. Satan has made everything at your fingertips. 
If we're not careful, we've done that in the message. We can have whatever flavor, whatever this, whatever that. The husband like this ministry, the wife like this teaching ministry, and then pretty soon things are happening in the home, and, and the brother wonders, where is this coming from? And then you got this and that with the young people, and they're on this website, and that Jebusite, or this website, excuse me, and then you wonder, what's, why is that daughter of mine, where is this coming from? And I'm not being funny. Where is this coming from, from my son? You've become another person. Like, he never talked to me like that. She never talked to her mother like that. It's like, where is this coming from? We need more godly fathers and mothers that will realize the devil has got in there somewhere. Come on, friends. If we have the Holy Spirit... And we're coming to adoption. It's got to happen in you that's been down the road long enough. You ought to be on a greater level of character than ever before. Not, not just going down to another level and we have a bunch of tweenies and older people trying to be young people. And trying to connect with them. I, I believe in that 100%. But it ought to be with the motive to bring them higher. What can we do for our young people? What can we do for our children? Years ago, we would have meetings in this precious church here. I, I love in time message tabernacle. And a lot of Sunday nights, we'd have children come up. And we'd have pictures and PowerPoints and stories. Who remembers that? But now it, they have become adults. Now they're married. Now Brother John is preaching in Europe and around the world in, in conventions for young people. When back in the 90s, I was speaking for their fathers and their mothers that were single. I think all you have to do is be real and say, we have entered into another season. Amen. Hello, church. Amen. You are in another season. Amen. Say, well, we're just going to approach it like we did back then. You're not going to get the right result. You say, but that was spiritual. And David used a sling to kill Goliath. So we're just going to have, Brother Ed, 500 slings given out to all our people. And a new person, we just give them a sling. They need more than a sling. Does anybody in this building ever know of another time in the Bible that David went out against the armies with a sling? He went out with a sword. Say, but this worked before. And then you wonder why it's not working now. But you're so stubborn and hard-headed, you're just ramming this thing. And you're going to make... That's not godly. That's not adoption. You're not being still long enough. You're being stubborn. Woo. God help us. Amen. I, I knew this is how the service was going to be. And I just, Lord, help us. He's taking his liberty. No, I'm not. Or we'd be here for three hours. And I'm not going to do that. Look at this. We Christians who believe in Christ have eternal life. And hanging on the tree of life. But someday this old leaf will drop off. Return back to the God that give it only to come again in another season. Mm -hmm. Only to come again in another season. I'll see you in the morning. And we stand by their graves and we have, you've had a lot of funeral services here even since COVID, haven't you? Am I talking to the church? 
I'm one of your sons. You've had a lot of good people that's gone to the way of the grave. But if I believe the message right, it's not over. And they're not down there. And they're not in that casket. Their old coat might be, but that's an old coat that they used to wear. But this is another season. Let me say it like this, because I know some of you maybe more than you think, and you've passed through, and you're on your way to Hawaii, or you're going to Mexico, and uh, praise the Lord. But when you get to Mexico and Hawaii, and everybody's wearing flip-flops, you know, and short sleeves, and they're out there on the beach, and you come in there with your big parka, and your big gloves, and your sweaters, and your scarf, you're just like, you're weird. Either you lost your mind, or what is wrong with you? Do you know a lot about how you dress? Be spiritual now. Is reflecting your revelation of the season. Just like in the winter. It's going to get cold here maybe one day. It happens occasionally. And snow comes down and it's freezing. It's under zero and, and everything. Is that the time to bring out your flip-flops? And let's go, Brother Ethan. Yes, brother, surfing. Let's go, brother. Woohoo! It's like, you're crazy. Is that right? How many people are spiritually crazy? They're crazy. They're acting out of season. They want it to be, though, back in the summertime. It's not in that season. Please respond appropriately at this season. Please! We've already gone through this before. I'm just being honest tonight. Brother John's just 51 years old, born and raised in the message and gone through all the cycles. And because we were in Jeffersonville, there was a lot of kooks that came through. And I, they're kooks. Y'all have kook, little coots that go around on, y'all have coots? Okay, it's a bird that, they're kind of worthless. The hunters go out there, they're not going for the kooks. I offended somebody. Just delete that, brother. None while. Okay. You're of more value than that. I lost my train of thought. You know, I just. Sometimes we need to do that, you know, and just say, oh, God, forgive me, you know. You look at this season and the time. The se- this season we are divided. We're men and women. And all it is is a, a seeding season. He's talking about like that. I-, I-, I thank God for another season. There will be a change. We're not here just to have a better life financially or make the grades. And I think we're here to live for another place. My future home is calling me. We've heard enough about heaven. I want to live there finally with... Would somebody please demonstrate perfect love so we can get out of here? Oh, that's what, oh, the Lord reminded me. We've already gone through this before. We've gone through all of the cycles of revival and things go off and they get way out here on a limb somewhere. There ought to be enough Holy Spirit in you to say, something's not right. We're off the rail somewhere. Yeah, that's what the Lord wanted to make sure you caught. We've already gone through this before. We ought to be more humble as the years go by. 
And if God gives you a greater revelation, then you ought to just have patience. Let me ask some questions before we leave tonight. Did Brother Branham know the morning when the sword came into his hands there in Arizona, when the, in Sabina Canyon, when he woke up that morning, early in the morning, did he know before that that was going to happen? I'm trying to dig down around your little heart. Did he wake up saying, something good is going to happen today? Do, 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 do. And he walked out there, praise the Lord. Where is the, did, did that happen? Maybe in your Hollywood mind you got it like that. It didn't happen that way. I've been in Sabina Canyon. It's hot. Do you always know when God is doing things in your life? Did Hattie Wright know the morning when the Lord came, uh, the, the Lord, that morning when she woke up and she had her two sons, did she wake up that morning and was pre-warned? Did angels all be around her bed and say, this is the day that she got glory to God, Woohoo! Do you think, you think it happened like that? No, she woke up and there may be cussing, swearing, websites, www. I'm talking your language today. She's like, oh God. She was, oh God. Is this really what it's all come down to? And we're in the Branham Tabernacle. That's who their pastor was. William Branham. And this is what our children are doing? Did she wake up and all the angels said, this is the day what your faith is being made sight today. Hallelujah. No. Excuse me for being dramatic. It didn't happen like that. Did David know when he killed the lion? When he killed the lion? When he killed the bear? That one day he was going to kill Goliath? Do you think that when he took his cheeses and grapes up to his brothers and they said, you're nothing but a naughty boy, and he goes walking out there with five little stones, do you think all of a sudden, man, he saw a vision of a great big lion that went down and a bear that was, do you think that's how it happened? No, he's shaking a little bit. He's wondering, but he had faith. He had already been anointed to be king, so nothing is going to stop him. We've all had past victories. There's been more messages preached from behind this pulpit by God called men. Incredible. I'm not even this little compared to them. But we're in another season. This is another night. This is Sunday night in November 2023. You have to acknowledge that God is doing something different. Did he expect to be fighting a giant that day? When Mary woke up that morning and, and she's just a virgin? Did Mary wake up that morning when she met the angel and know that she was going to meet that angel that day? Did she know? When she's putting her cereal in or she's driving through the Starbucks, you know, getting her little coffee, we'd say today, and she just troubled in her spirit and wondering about what she heard and God, Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. 
Did she have such great esteem and she just knew she's the one I've known from a little girl that I'm so special. I, I don't know who taught you that or what was in your, somebody told you, it's not true. She's this common, ordinary young person in the church. God raised up common, ordinary, simple people to meet the challenge of the day. We don't need the drum rolls. We don't need 968 thumbs up and, you know, uh, I'm going to count the thumbs down and the thumbs up. You do what God called you to do. I might have said that before, but I'm here to give it with everything within Brother John. You do what God's called you to do. If you're part of a clique or a club or a family strain or a church spirit that is, is always opposite than what God's calling, you need to really go back and examine where, what is your leadership. Amen. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm serving the Lord. Amen. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Whether you all go with me or you all hate me, it doesn't matter. Amen. We've got to be able to say that to one another. I, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. But I'm walking and doing what God's called me to do. And eventually, they'll come around. You'll come around. If you're wrong, just be humble about it. I think we're all praying like that. If we're wrong, Lord, just reveal it. and Stop being so stubborn if you're wrong. And three years later, three years later, we don't have three years. I mean, Brother John was just like a young man raised up too here. And I met some of you when I was 13 years old, 14 years old. I met a man this morning that reminded me 31 years ago I met him. Most of you remember when we were 16 years old in the infamous bus trip from Michigan. And we're carrying our little trunks. We're moving. We're going our father had a burden for his young people to be in a church. I don't have time for that story, but I, will, I do have enough time to say, I know what I'm talking about tonight. I'm not just giving you a story somewhere. I'm not preaching from the mountaintop with a megaphone. We've been in the valley. We've stood alone. So I'm not speaking some fantastic fireworks Roman candle message tonight that we're in another season. I believe the Lord pre-planned this service that Brother John would come on a Sunday night after you've had a vote for the officers of this church that he would bring another young man that was literally raised around your church. For years you know us. Will you give enough credit to the Lord to agree with that? I'm not coming from left field. I'm not out in left field. I love you. We've been in the trenches for years with you. We know some things about you and your young people that I've never told your parents. And if it would have been necessary, I would have told the parents. I've been at this altar right here with some of your young people that have confessed things to me. That's never come across this pulpit and I've never told another person. Because that's the Holy Spirit character that our prophet had. He didn't tell his wife everything and tell Billy Paul everything. Well, you have to tell somebody else. That's not what Brother Branham did. 
And you always see the character that followed and the fruits of it. Do you understand? Another season requires a greater conduct of character. Stand up and be counted. Did the thief that was saved on the cross, I have a few more examples. Did the thief that was saved on the cross and he heard those words, today you'll be with me in paradise? Who remembers that? He's a thief on the cross. He didn't even, he wasn't baptized. He'd never been in a church service that we know of. He was an ungodly person, murderer, thief, whatever his rap sheet was. Maybe like the woman at the well that had tried all kinds of husbands and relationships till finally he just, she said, I'm not even going to marry you. I'll just live with you. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. Excuse me for using a secular term. She was. Some of our young people are looking for love in all the wrong places. Some of our people in our church are looking for love in the wrong places. And I say, God, go after their wandering spirits and restore unto them the years. I said the years that Satan has lied to them. Restore unto us a church that is rising up. And God make it more than a song from our piano that somebody's playing it on. Rising up, rising up. Lord, get it down in our bones. I said, God, put it down in our bones. And start with me. Start from behind this pulpit. All of our private battles become public. All of our private victories become public. Good or bad. Did the thief that was on the cross, did he wake up that morning knowing by the end of the day he was going to be from prison to paradise? Come on, you can talk back to me. He's an ungodly person. He's in prison. That's the day he's going to die. Did he all of a sudden wake up and say, this is the day, it's all going to... Did he have a big cloud and a fire and an angel? No. He's dying. It's his last breath. But he looked to the right person and he said the right thing. I wonder tonight after all you've heard and all you know, could it be perchance you could look to the right person? Look to Jesus. I said look to Jesus. Sometimes we just need to say, Lord, I need you to lay your hands on me. Not my favorite preacher. Not, Not a visiting preacher. We have done this in the message. We have made rock stars of our, of our preachers that God gave a gift. And we will go forward when they're in town. We want them to lay hands on us when they're in town. And we have lost confidence in our local ministry. Shame on us. I said shame on us. It's not the visiting ministry. You watch Brother Branham that had all the ability to lay hands on all kinds of people. He's the one that said, who did she touch? Who did he touch? You don't need to touch me. I don't need to touch you. It's the spoken word. Are are you going to go back to the first pool and second pool and start idolizing that? Are you going to do that? Are you going to do that? Are you going to be guilty? Of putting up their, their uh, certain ones and their names and, their, and the way they are. And they're, they're the heroes. No, Jesus is our hero. Yeah. 
I need him to lay my hands on Monday morning, on Tuesday afternoon, in my exam, in my family. In the, I need Jesus. Not to know that my favorite preacher is flying back to so-and-so state or country or whatever. You have done that to, to the Lord Jesus. Not the Lord Jesus did that. Had nothing to do with him. We have made idols. And if we're not careful, God will allow them to fall. And allow them to pass away. For you to get your eyes back on Jesus. Say, oh, Brother John, he did it to our prophet. He allowed him to go prematurely as it was because the bride needed to come out there. Come on. Come on, Esther. Come on. And we're shaking. We're shaking because we're on this side. Here's the, here's the great big curtain, and we're watching Brother Branham. Yes, yes. Yeah, did you see what he said? Yes, brother. Hallelujah. And God says, you know what? It's time for this to be over. Oh, no. What do we do now? I don't want to ruin your Christmas, but December 25th, 1965, our prophet's gone. And it was like, where do we go from here? We were traveling to Jeffersonville next Easter. We were all going to drive there. We were going to stay in the motel. We even had reservations. Because last year they booked up the whole, the whole motel. So we've already made reservations, 1966. And our prophet's going to preach. And, and um, Brother John used to pastor people in Tennessee. They slept under their cars. They nursed their babies in their cars. The very ones that Brother Branham said they'd be here for the meeting, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then drive back and go to work. Monday morning, Brother John pastored them. When I was 23 years old. Wow, Brother Dad, how did that happen? Who would listen to a 23-year-old? I don't know. 24-year-old. 25-year-old. It was our boot camp. Now y'all are quiet. This is my personal testimony. But we've come to another season. God knew that I needed that. So that now here we are, years later, that you would have to have some fortitude. God give not just the ministry and the deacons and trustees, but give the congregation a backbone. Give us a backbone. If you don't have thus saith the Lord, be quiet. I could say it a lot more eloquently and quote it and put it up here, but if you don't have thus saith the Lord, keep still. We don't do that very good. I know, but I'm including myself, but it's after 8 o'clock. Can I give, give a little bit more here? Yeah. Daniel in the lion's did. Then Daniel just wake up one morning and God revealed to him, just hold on, just hold on, Daniel. Tonight I'm going to vindicate you. Oh, don't worry about those lions. They're not even going to touch you. They're not even, are you serious? He heard the roar. He didn't care about the roar. Do you all remember what happened to the men afterwards? Before they even got to the bottom, they were already ate up. So Daniel knew, this is serious. I'm just going to hold up a sign. I've got the token. No, you better have the token. In fact, Brother Branham, in the token, said, we haven't come together to talk about it. So we're going to have big slogans. Big banisters, can you please hold this, Philip? And I'm going to hold, we got the token. You're going to die. 
the world will swamp right over you. Don't care about slogans and banners and... Sister Rebecca Perizak here tonight. Where's Sister Rebecca? That's helped us with our billboard. She's back in... She's back in the nursery. God bless your brother. She helped us design a billboard we put up in our town. Amen. We're a billboard. There it is. The God that answers back. Scriptures and we pay every month. I believe that we need to be a witness. We've had witnessing booths. We've done all kinds of things. Yesterday, Brother Marshall, there were people in our church preparing meals and all kinds of things for the homeless. Oh, well, you know, brother, come on, brother. We don't have missions, you know. People in the message made doctrines for years. They don't have missions because the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. and, And they've died right in the pews. It's not all just for the people that you're going to win to Christ. It's for you. It's for our young people. It's for our families. Do something. The people want to do something for the Lord. God raise up ministry in this church that will allow the congregation to breathe. Breathe. Don't make an idol of your pastor. He needs a, a church that can know he's human. Some of you already know that. Maybe more than others. And you get hung up on that. Well, you need to look beyond that. Oh, no, the Lord just appeared and an angel appeared and kept Daniel. We need to pray. If no one backs you up, if all hell's coming against you, pray. Let's all say pray. Pray. Some of you didn't say it. I'm not demanding a response. How many could pray more? Sometimes we preach too much and we eat too much. We need to pray more. Pray. I mean, do you all really think out of all the thousands of believers that was around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Thousands. And they're all there, and there's the music, and everyone is bowing. That, oh, no, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they Okay, guys, let's show. We're going to prove. We are all, we're all stars. Let's all stand. And when you've done all to stand, we're going to stand. Do you think that's how it was? They looked around the room and everyone's bowing. Everyone's deacons, trustees, ministry, Sunday school teacher. And they're like, seriously? Don't you think they felt something in their heart? Am I doing the right thing? Are we really overboard? Maybe I am being too religious. Maybe we could just bow quickly. The older ones are. It's not a big deal. You're just making a big deal about it. You've gone way overboard. I, I, think, I think the reaction is worse than the action. Really? Really? I think it's a time that we don't need kid gloves when it comes to the things of the world creeping in. It's not so bad. And you become like the grandfatherly approach. I'm a grandfather, okay? They can't do nothing wrong. They can, but you're a grandfather. You're a grand. Come on, you can do whatever you want to do. And we get that way in the church. Till it's your children or your family or what you want to do. Then you're just so rigid. Lord, take that out of our lives, Lord. 
How many know there were many martyrs that gave their life for the gospel? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have died. They could have gave their life. There's many that lost their heads and, and were burned at the stake. They had no script. There wasn't some, you're going to live, you're going to live, just stand. No. There's a lot of sisters and brothers that died on the stake. Many righteous people have died for this gospel. I think it's time to recognize the season we're in and what God's trying to reveal to you beforehand. God's been trying to reveal things to you and get your attention. How good are you at listening? How good are you after this service? I already saw something posted this afternoon. Directly what happened in your church this morning. And it just sunk my heart that someone would even do that. Right amongst us. Right in the message. Maybe right in the city. Or in the message community. Not everyone will agree with you. And you can get quiet all you want. I'm here to give you courage. You need to find a secret place with God. And when God vindicates and when God shows himself, don't be part of the chitter-chatter, gossip. I said don't be part of the gossip. Don't let that spirit hang around you. You're not a garbage can. Preach it, Brother John. We are his victory, and you're not victorious when you're always gossiping. The fivefold ministry are not overlords and dictators over the bride. We fall in love with Jesus. Seasons of change are not easy. I'm trying to give you some last nuggets here. They're not easy. Transition is not easy. Changes of season and changes in our lives and changes in our family, changes in our career. It, it's not easy. Somebody tell you that it's easy, it's not easy. Being a Christian's not easy. Changes in our health is not easy. Mental health, physical health, financial health. We might be headed into a very difficult year financially. Are you ready for it? Change is not easy. Changes in the ministry are not easy. Changes in the church are not easy. Changes in the relationships are not easy. But change is not always bad. But change is not always good. Say, well, we're just doing this because it's different. Well, you need to be careful about that. Sometimes change is necessary. But if we don't catch the right season and respond appropriately, you will cause great damage. I'm just giving that as a warning. Be willing to change. In God's great symphony, it requires us to be sensitive to the change. How many would just say, God, on the Sunday night after this change and season in our church, help me to be more sensitive? I want to be more sensitive to areas that need to change, Lord. It requires us. The season is demanding of you. You're not thinking right when it's really hot outside and blistery and all that. And then you just put on your scarf and your boots and your leggings and all of that. You're not thinking right. Have you lost your mind? 
Say, but I want to go to Hawaii. I want to be in Mexico. I want to go on that cruise. I'm going to put on my flip-flops today and my little thin cotton short, and I'm going to walk out into the snow, and I'm going to just live. It's, it's not a dream or a vision. It's real to me, and you walk out there, you're going to freeze. Get back inside and get a sweater on. Where's your coat? It's in the car. You're not ready. You're going to catch a cold. You're going to catch a flu. You're going to catch influenza. Ah, oh, no, I'm strong. And then you catch your cold and you're going to sneeze. I should have listened. You should have listened. Lord, help our correction to be always balanced. To bring forth the right result, Lord. Give us new ministries and new gifts among us, Lord, please. How many believe in the nine spiritual gifts and the offices operating through the church? But if it's ever wrong and you have a dream or a vision and, you, and it's not right and you declare it and it's not, you need to ask that the Lord take that evil spirit off of you and stop justifying it and giving a re- Well, it's a spiritual thing. No, it isn't. You're wrong. You missed it. And you're being a, you are being a hindrance to those behind you. By over-spiritualizing everything. We can't keep doing the things we've always been doing. And then when we don't get the right result, we... Stop it. You you just need to say, Lord, I want to follow your voice. I want to be led by your spirit. God, help us not to be arrogant. I think I could speak on behalf of all your church leaders. Musicians or... Any of you or those that were voted on this morning, we cannot be arrogant. A leader must be humble. A leader must be able to communicate. And communicate is not a one-way street. There's both sides. There, There is another side to this. A leader cannot be condescending all the time. Sometimes I wonder if the pulpits and all this we're looking down on the people. I like to get down with the people. I like to look at someone in their eye and Amen. fellowship and actually understand what they went through. And, and when they express how they felt, though you might be on the mountain and they're expressing a valley or even death, we need to listen. Amen. And we need to feel their pain and take a dagger into our hearts. Come on, church. And we need to learn to cry again with one another. That's what Jesus did. I said, that's what Jesus did. You can be Jesus tonight. I'm over time, but that's usually when the crowds go wild. That's usually when they're happy to be there. I'm glad we were at the game. I'm glad we were at the service. We're in a time and a season that requires all the arrogance to be pulled back, all the rebellion to be pulled back. I'm here to be a blessing. I'm here to edify you. I'm here to strengthen you. I'm here to get into your private life. And, and love will move a person toward God, even if they bitterly disagree with you. There's power in your life. There's authority in your life. 
Even when you're silent, that's when the seventh seal was demonstrated. And it was demonstrated in Joshua's ministry when they marched around the walls. Be silent. Stop your screaming. Stop your life. I can play the violin better. I can do better. No, you're not. Be quiet. I'm showing you in our first battle in the new land that it's going to be through silence. Whew. The leader's got to listen to the, to the congregation. A shepherd leader must smell like the sheep. We cannot be know-it-alls. A leader leads. They've got to know how to follow. Let me just say this. Repentance is what leads to a revival. When you find men and women that are sorry and they've been wrong and you find men and women, I'm talking about a a real church revival happens when people are, are repenting and mark those that are sighing and crying, not running around the building. You don't do that on Tuesday morning. In your private life with Christ, in your secret place, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you in that tent and in that little room. I'll meet you there. I guarantee you, you're not running around the room. It's in a quiet place. It's in a secret place. It's when I'm alone with him is when that power is being transmitted into my life. We need more in the church that is looking to that kind of a revival. That's the revival that's going to take us in the rapture. That's the revival that moves the bride. Is Lord, what is your spirit saying to the church? What did this spirit say on Friday night to our young people? I tell you, we were pretty open and pretty direct. I took my liberty. But it has to be said. I said it has to be said. And judgment must begin at the house of God. And we talked about sexual things and things that are going on. Because friends, in the the generation before us, it was taboo that you talk about that. In your homes, the daddy to the sons, the mother to the daughters. And so it became taboo. So they looked it up on the internet. They looked at the library. They found out more from their classmates about the things of life. It should have been a godly mother. Should have been a godly father. And if, if judgment begins from the house of God, God help us tonight. Amen. Then there ought to be ministry that have enough courage. There ought to be ministers that just say it. Say it. Would somebody please say it? And then it gives liberty to the families. It gives liberty to the church. It gives fortitude to them. Individually, it's like the power of the Holy Ghost falling in their seat. It's the ministry knowing that the people need God. They don't need just me. They need God. So right there in your pew, you can receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost while you hear the word. Be healed because you've already been healed. By his stripes, you are healed. Where is the church, the mature church? 
the adoption bride that'll just stand up or wave their hand and say, I am healed. I believe in laying on in hands. I believe that this oil, they shall anoint them with oil. I believe all of that. But where is the bride that'll say, Lord, I'm taking you at your word. If a centurion unbeliever could say, at your word. He was an unbeliever. Had enough power and authority to say, you don't even need to come to my house. You don't need to come to my house. Just say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. Then where is the bride tonight? Where is the bride? You ought to be pulling on every word saying, just say it, brother. Say it, brother. And there ought to be enough power in you to receive that power and say, I am healed. Where God can say, I'm taking you at your word. I heal you. I deliver you. You're free tonight. Not because the minister's excited, not because the volume's been turned up, not because it's a loud convention. I guess we got to wait till next July, you know. Are we having special meetings in June or July? Friends, we have gone way off track somewhere. God needs people that it's the day-to-day rugged life in Christ. It's the Wednesday nights. It's the home prayer meetings. Come on, let's get the wheels moving. It's your private life. That's where the chains are broken. And you have that at home, you'll have it in your church. Because what happens in private becomes public. I'm going to see more public victories. Well, you've got to have some private victories. Men and women on their knees wrestling with the angel. Oh, we want the preacher to wrestle with the devils. We want the preacher to wrestle with finding the mind of the Lord. No, you wrestle. You fight it out. You search it out. Let's stand to our feet tonight. God help us, Lord Jesus. We don't want to intimidate the sheep. We're not here to beat the sheep and monitor the sheep. Come on. That's the duty of the Holy Spirit. We're believers. We're a body. And I pray in closing tonight, some of the quotes I had was in the seals when I was listening to it last week about a past reputation. We cannot live on a past reputation. This church cannot live on a past reputation. I'm saying that to you in an encouragement, but also as an admonishment. Here it is. He's talking about people living off of a past reputation, the United States of America. And then he says, the church, that's what the church is doing. Not the bride. The church is living off a past reputation. It got back yonder under the ministry of the lion time. Can you take just a little bit more? We're not in the lion, ox, man age. We're in the eagle age. And you get stuck back in another season, it will show in your life. There are quotes of Brother Branham that are exactly what Brother Branham said. But this is the wrong season to say that. Say, just use the words of Jesus. And Jesus wept. He did weep. But if that's all we got up here and said, and let's all quote scripture, 
We need more than that. The bride needs more than that. Here it is. Stop living off of a past reputation. Well, we're all supposed to be We're not all supposed to be But neither are we all supposed to be like ox. And not every song that's going to be sang by your song leaders are going, I surrender all. And songs that are always repentive and slow. I know where I'm going here. It's not always going to be an ox anointing. The wise men gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But life is not all about myrrh. And you bring that into your children, they will hate this message. It's all do's and don'ts and how high your heels are. And Have you cut your hair? And you start bringing that always and legalism in the message. You will suffocate your families. You will destroy a church if every service is ox, 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 ox. There might be a series or there might be a few meetings, but you can't stay there. And you can't just be a church where there's a man anointing, teaching, and my, we have a great pastor that's the teacher. My, he's a great, God will remove that man. If the church becomes, uh, to be under a teaching pastor, a good pastor that is a teaching pastor, the church gets cold and formal. Good teaching. And I'm speaking negative about it. But we're in the eagle age. We need all of them working together. Together! I'm just saying this as we sing a song in closing. God, give me special grace. Give this church special grace for the changing ministry. I just have that in my notes to say. Give us special grace. God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. How many would just make that a closing prayer with me? Give me special grace, Lord. Give our pastor special grace. Give, him, give our deacons now. Lord, they're going to need it, Jesus. I just heard Brother Branham talk about it. They're just not people to, to just come in and shake your hand and, and, and just be authoritarian and like policemen. In the, stop quoting that our deacons are just policemen in the church. Well, I know he said that. But he also said a lot of other things. They're to usher people in. They're to shake hands. Are you going so do you have a place to go for lunch today? That's a deacon. Amen. That's it. Stop being rude with God's sheep. Amen. These are God's sheep. They're here because they want to be here, not because you're the deacon. And you're the trustee and you know how to have money and all of that. You might be the greatest. You could be Bill Gates or Bozo, Bezo, whatever, Ozo. They're divorced. Hello, I'm from Seattle. I know. You drive right down to Seattle, but the Melinda and Bill Gates, the blah, 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 blah. And Bozo, Bezo, and they got billions. Do you really want billions? Do you really? And most of you will never be rich. Most of God's people are poor. Stop striving to be rich. Stop striving. I'm going to make this happen. You're not going to make nothing happen. You'll probably lose your mind somewhere if you keep thinking like that. It's not right. You're not in that season. You're a student for the Lord's mercies. 
you're a student and you're thinking about being a major league baseball player? Boy, I've went into some areas, haven't I, Brother Ed, you know? Whew, how many ba baseball major league all-star players are going to be in heaven, do you think? And stop trying to be like that. And, oh, I got to watch that. And I got to save that and find out what is the scores today of the NFL and the NHL. No, we just need more of Jesus in our lives. And as we bow our heads together, Lord, sanctify ourselves, Lord. Sanctify us tonight for your sake. Lord, if there's changes that need to happen in my life, would you give us the character and the ability to say, not my will, but thine be done, Lord. We're right down here at the end. We're right down here at the coming of the Lord. It's no time to be playing around and selfish motives. I haven't sensed that in this church, Lord, from any of the elders or any of the ones that we know, their families. There's no one here with, that's trumpeting out some personal agenda. I personally haven't witnessed that, Lord. But if we've been guilty somewhere of maybe emanating that, would you forgive us, Lord? This church has been a global influence for many years. Don't let us fumble the ball now. Don't let us go off on a tangent. I don't believe we will. I believe it's been spoken. I believe it's been under inspiration. There's too much good seed has been sown over the years. How many would lift your hand and say, I am determined to be part of the rapture. By the grace of God, God, God bless you. All over the building, all the way to the back there. God bless you up into the media, brothers. God bless you. Heavenly Father, see our hearts tonight. See our hands tonight. Pray that you would remove out of anybody's heart or mind something that was spoken in a wrong way, Lord. I pray that they would have catched the mind of the Spirit, that we are in another season. We are in a different time. And you're encouraging their hearts, encouraging us together, Lord, that we are part of a, of a local and a global move of God. Keep us true. Keep us close to you. Keep the word over the hearts of the Levites. Bless all of these brothers and sisters, I pray. Even the retired ones and those that seem like they should retire or want to retire, but there's a work for us to do. I pray, God, that not one of us, Lord, would be found on that day that we miss the season, we miss the time. Oh, grace, grace, God's grace, grace.
Give us grace, Lord.